0: favorite podcast for movies comics and culture i'm your host anthony i'm matt and of course today as usual we have friend of the show ed with us hey everybody
1: Ed, you may know from other podcasts on the Review Podcast Network, such as Cannon Fodder.
0: Absolutely. Yay!
1: Yay! <clears throat> no, but uh, yeah, let's just touch on that real quick first, because I'm very excited. Um, you know, we were taking a little bit of time off while we did a few other things and got some shit sorted out and figured out how we wanted to make things a little bit different Um Anthony and I and Ed, in particular, you know we've we've been doing different podcasts here and there, lots of other fun things, and I was like, it all started, and I was like, you know what I don't feel like paying." $10 a month for six different RSS feeds for each podcast that I do. <laughs> so let's just throw them all on a network together. So yeah. now we have the Review Podcast Network featuring Ready, Set, Review, Cannon Fodder, the Talkin' Tacos podcast. and
0: Tacos. Jack
1: Acid Flashback yes. with Ming and Mike, and the Mix podcast presented by the Local Fix Foundation, which is a nonprofit that I started. Go check out my Instagram for all the other information. So that's that. Here yeah. we are today to talk about... <laughs> the good Our, the bad and the pedro pascal yeah today is <laughs> today is
0: wrapping up 2020 in just the most brilliant box that we can because if there is any way to kind of um you know, really sum up what twenty twenty was to a lot of people. It's these two different roles for Pedro Pascal God. and the the just the way it's it's amazing and it yeah. just goes to show you that it's not just talent in acting, it's not just talent in directing. There's a whole kit and caboodle that needs to be put together in order to have a successful TV show, movie, or anything else.
1: So let's talk about since I since I only have one beer or half a beer drank, let's talk about the good stuff first. Let's talk about The yeah. Mandalorian uh, because, you know, at this point, The Mandalorian Season 2 has finished. Yes. Um, my boner is just going down from, like, three <laughs> weeks ago. So let's just talk about how insanely awesome this season was because this... You want to talk about checking all the right boxes? Oh man. This checked all the boxes and then created boxes we didn't even know we want checked and yeah. then checked those
0: two. Yeah, that's, that's 100% correct. I mean, it really even just started with the first episode. So just a uh, fair warning for spoilers. If you haven't seen Mandalorian Mandalorian or Wonder Woman, those are the two things we're going to be talking about today. So uh, hit the pause button and come
2: back to us once you guys have seen it. But uh, I'm going to interject there. They should definitely go see The Mandalorian. Oh, right. <laughs> there is no need to see Wonder Woman 19. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that. It's
0: a good point. But with the With the first episode, I mean, the first episode of The Mandalorian, I mean, they jump right into it, right? You've got, you know, you're, you're right back with, with Din Djarin and, um, you know, the child. You know, he's he's moving across and he's trying to find more mandalorians and we see him at a like I guess it's a an underground gamorian guard fight ring it's like an underground Gamorrean fight ring which is awesome like and it just throws you right into the episode um and just right back into the adventures and it's just absolutely amazing the 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 mix of having actual um like Puppeteering and animatronics and and actual makeup and and mixing that with the the high quality CGI, I think was absolutely brilliantly done in the this season of Mandalorian.
1: Yeah, the practical effects are just like in the first scene in the first scene the first season really stand out and they really add a whole other layer to the show because it's you you can you really can see. I mean, you know, CGI when CGI first. Started making, you know, uh, not the word, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but you know what I'm talking about. But now with like. Making its way in, it became more prominent. Now with like 4K and Ultra HD and all that stuff, if the CGI is not top, top, top quality, it's noticeably bad. Like, especially speaking of Star Wars, too. Like, if you go back and watch the prequel trilogy right now, you're just like ew like yeah, it's you know a, there's a lot ew. <laughs> yeah there's a lot
0: that's not great about it and
2: hollywood has learned to kind of step away from full digital and do that mix yeah thank god i, I feel yeah. like if they would have made ahsoka a live action character maybe five to ten years ago they would have gotten more cgi the reason why Absolutely. that character worked was because she, she is this very unique animation like yeah. she, she is a character that was designed to be only seen an animation she, right. It's a very, it's a very hard thing to 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 create visually. Yep. they did a great job of changing her over to to make her live action.
1: They even talk about that. I, I was reading an article the tendrils, about the, yeah. Yeah, the tendrils, yeah. how they shortened them yeah. just for practical effect purposes. And of course, you know there was a handful of neck beards. Tendrils are too short. Rrr, but like you yeah. know, it just I I honestly didn't even I I, I saw it. I'm like. Oh, they're shorter. Okay, whatever. It it still looks fucking awesome. Like it's not. It doesn't do anything to the story. Have
2: you seen the way Count Dooku is drawn (laughs) in in, in the Clone Wars? They took some liberties there too.
0: Yeah, they they did. But I mean, overall, um, I, I think that Mandalorian has discovered a way of filmmaking, especially in 2020. Um, because I know that, I mean, they weren't finished filming the series before the pandemic happened. No, and, and, no, that, but, right. But they yeah. have definitely simplified the way that they do filming. Using a a curved screen, right? So it's not just a flat green screen; it's now a curved the green void. screen.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's a whole yep. thing. There's actually a there's a a special on Disney Plus all about the making of of the Mandalorian, Mandalorian and they talk about it. Oh, and, really? Yeah. So oh, I gotta watch that. And for there's those of you haven't other... seen it, I watch that. Basically, what they do is instead of having a green screen behind the actors, where normally it's just green, and when they're on set, the actors don't see anything. And everything behind them, whatever vista or landscape is added in afterwards. On this set, they have a full curved screen, like Anthony was saying, that is tied into the camera. And so and so the screen kind of changes as the camera moves or the people move so yeah. that like the perspective is correct. Yep. And that allows them to shoot most of the show in a stage. Yeah. Which which helps them limit the amount of people needed. Yeah. Also it helps uh, with spoilers, too. Yeah. Because th- th- that's how you're able to have, you know, nothing about Ahsoka, how she looked leaked. Yeah. Nothing about Luke Skywalker you heard leaked. nothing about Luke Skywalker. And right, yeah. that scene was filmed almost a year ago. Yeah. Like, and you, nobody... Now, people were talking, you know, I mean, you know, midway through the season, you know, as soon as you heard about the beacon and the Jedi, you know, right. I was thinking, okay, this is... I view the Mandalorian as the third part of Star Wars's best trilogy. Yeah. And that is Clone Wars, Rebels, The Mandalorian. Yeah, absolutely. And just like in the first season of of uh clone of first season of Rebels, they allowed the show to, to create its own thing. And then starting the second season, they, they started throwing in all these connections to the Clone Wars yep. with Rex and Ahsoka. And then also Thrawn, tying it into the to the old EU that Disney got rid of. That's exactly what's happened in The Mandalorian. First season is kind of standalone. Second season, they start adding in Ahsoka, Luke, all this other stuff, connecting it. And I think it's the third part of Dave Filoni's Star Wars trilogy. And I think they've nailed every step of the way.
1: Absolutely. And the the Thrawn thing, for me, that was the biggest. That, for me, was even cooler than Luke. Because Luke, you know, once they did the Beacon episode, you you knew it was either going to be Luke or... Or you know, I was hoping for Ezra Bridger, which you know, which to, be, to be to be fair, would rebels. have been it would have been too fast and it wouldn't have worked to introduce Ezra Bridger like in that manner. So I'm glad they went with Luke, but the the Thrawn thing, like I. Did like of all the things I expected them to do? That was the literal last it's thing one that I line. expect, and it's yeah. one line. So and it's we don't blowing. even
0: know if we're gonna get anything out of it, right? I, like, I feel are you like, insane? We absolutely I feel are. Like, uh, I feel like that's gonna be the Ahsoka you show. Have, you have the opportunity to get
1: something out of it. Well,
0: maybe and, not yes. in
1: the Mandalorian,
0: right, but, but we're in, gonna get it. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. finish
1: that story. They ended in Rebels. Yeah,
0: I think I think that the one of the main things that the Mandalorian has really picked up on. Um, is is really the love for the legends, right mm-hmm. like a lot of Star Wars fans because you had these three movies and I mean it was definitely by far the best sci-fi story a- at the time yeah of course you know and it, I mean it became wildly popular and uh,
1: actually Star Trek was
0: well yeah well, <laughs> Star Trek actually really didn't get to be super duper popular until the next generation. Like I mean it was popular and then and then it came back like with the movies and everything and then but until the 80s the late 80s with the next generation like it didn't really take off whereas yeah. with Star Wars George Lucas knew he kept all of the rights to to Star Wars right he didn't keep you know the the movie distribution rights but he kept the rights to Star Wars so After it became such a success, there were all of these like authors and comic books and everybody wanted to write their Star Wars stories. And as a kid, it was the coolest thing in the world because every single Star Wars story had to be approved by George Lucas. So what it did was it created for me the first really like universe that I saw within movies. But it wasn't the original trilogy that created it. It was, it was the, the Legends stories. It was the Thrawn trilogy, the Timothy Zahn trilogy. It was Shadows of the Empire. Mm-hmm. It was... Which it is was,
2: all 90s stuff. Yeah. yeah it was
1: Splinter of the Mind's Eye. And the coolest yeah. thing about when I mean, you consider the original extended universe is that it was all books and comic books. None of yep. it. There was no TV shows. There were no, no additional nothing. movies. There was and nothing. It was as huge as it was just from books and comic books. You know what's really
2: yeah. cool? Shadows of the Empire was actually... Treated as though it was a movie release without a movie. Yeah, there yep. was an official soundtrack. Yeah. you could buy the CD. Mm-hmm. There was a line of toys. There was a video I game adaptation. Yeah, there was a an N64, and, and, and there, which is a great video game. And there was both, you know, a, a comic book and a and a book adaptation yeah. of the storyline. And the, yeah. and and bringing that up, what well, that's that's what Star Wars does best and always has, which is connecting everything. Yeah. And you mentioned Star Trek. What I'm excited about that The Mandalorian has set up is something that Star Trek did to a small extent in 2020. Mm-hmm. Star Trek has uh, been on the CBS All Access um, platform for a couple years now. And it, just about every week of this year, there was a new episode of Star Trek. Yeah. There was Picard, there was Discovery, there was Lower Decks, and there's just short treks. Like, so there's four shows. So just about every week, there was a different version of Star Trek and they all kind of tied in even though they take place in drastically different timelines basically a thousand years apart. Yeah. That's how. Yeah. So Star that's, Wars that's, is setting that up yeah. with all of their releases spe- from the Mandalorian. I think by 2022 we're going to basically have a different show every week on Disney Plus, that's going to be there'll Star be di- Wars You know, based, there'll be yeah. Mandalorian. There's Ahsoka. There's the Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah, there's just Boba the Fett. Now, like Ten of them. Yeah, I mean, Rogue those, Squadron. Those what four a wonderful right there.
3: world! <laughs> <laughs> what a time
1: to be alive! Those oh, four yeah. all take
2: place in the same timeline. Like that's great. And how cool was the was everything about Boba Fett? Yeah, and it was awesome. yeah. it's just so cool.
3: I also best think, episode of the season. Yeah, yeah and this was fir- Boba
2: Fett coming back was definitely. The
0: yeah.
3: best.
2: And this was the first time where. I think any company has ever used an investors um, r- release party to 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 like set up a series. Like they yeah. did not mention Boba Fett at no. all during that investors day. Oh yeah, no, not at all. So and you're like, thinking, that's... oh, there's not going to be a Boba yeah. series, and they use that to to set up the reveal that you don't see until the post credit, the first Star Wars post credit sequence, right in the uh, in the TV show. So good.
0: I mean, think about that. And, and Christian, we were actually, you know, kind of talking about this before we started, uh, you know, sitting down to record today. But um, you know, getting a chance to, you know, kind of have either weekly releases or having, uh, you know, a a a full on drop. Right. So with a, a show like Cobra Kai, you've got on Netflix, you've got the full series that dropped all at the same time, and you end up binge watching the whole thing. With Mandalorian, you don't binge watch the whole thing you're watching it week by week but just think about it from from a a business and an executive standpoint right saying that you're going to drop it week by week forces you to delay the announcement of a Boba Fett TV show like when you're doing you're trying to you're in the hype machine Yeah, you're you're literally fueling the hype machine and you want more fuel for that fire but you're you can't say it you can't add it because you've chose to to release it week by week. I mean that is a very intelligent, very high like IQ, like a very high IQ. We're talking executive thing here, to
3: man. do. Yeah. yeah. Dude, like I this mean, is the decisions they've been making forever. Yeah. yeah, and
1: doing the weekly releases is what fuels the hype machine also because it's like if you have, if you're doing good content people are gonna want it and having to wait each week it's almost like kind of being a kid too it's like you know and that's one of the reasons why i personally think so much of the original content on netflix is hot garbage because they have to keep on constantly releasing so much new shit because like you were saying earlier christian you know even no matter how good it is like a show like stranger things as soon as everybody's done binging it in the first week, people literally forget about it until the next big thing comes out. Yeah. But with Mandalorian and shows like The Boys, where Amazon in the, Prime, it. Did in the
3: consciousness, yes,
1: and it still is. And Mandalorian ended like four weeks ago. Boys, yeah. we're still talking about the boys. Yeah. too. the that boys, boys ended like awesome. three months ago. Yeah. And that's you why it was kind of
3: sad when when they announced that Cobra Guy got picked up by Netflix. Now, I th- right. like I ideally I love Netflix. Like they put out they do put out decent stuff in my opinion every once in a while. Like I do like Stranger Things but i feel like it, you when you watch a netflix show it's not going to go on for very long and yep. and not yeah. even not even saying like oh netflix is going to can it which they also do that's another issue well. but like you just you watch it and you feel like oh this is going to be over really really quickly because I don't know if you guys ever get this feeling of when you watch a Netflix show and when it's over, it's like it's over. Yeah. Like, yep. There's nothing else after it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Like, yeah. No like, chance. All,
0: like it almost makes me want to turn off Netflix. Netflix actually right now, and I, I still have my subscription,
2: but I mean it's it's probably the one I watch the least. Well, their movie game is very strong. That's what's interesting is that it's... their their Mo- Midnight Sky I just watched. Um, oh, okay. I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, th- yeah. They've been releasing some pretty good movies, but yeah, the thing about Netflix is. They have a deal with their writers and other creatives the, the way the contract works for netflix is that after three seasons the money goes up that's why if you look the show has to be incredibly successful to go more than three seasons right. you, you have to be okay. the best of the best the, the crown stranger things those are the shows that go more than right. three seasons but uh, but it's a lot cheaper for netflix to keep them under three seasons and there, are, and i've also read that when you are looking through Netflix, all Netflix cares about is that on the front page they have tons of shows. Oh mm-hmm. yeah! Because if you're just going yeah. going back and forth with the remote, you're seeing tons of stuff. It doesn't say, "Oh, there's like a hundred episodes of that yeah, show." because they
1: want to be the one-stop yeah. shop. They want right. you to just go there and be like, "Hey." anything you could possibly ever want to watch right. we have it in some version here on netflix yeah. like and, that's their whole marketing strategy
0: and i do like the the constant changing of the thumbnail too yeah. i think that's i think it's a really Makes it really seem new. It's very yeah marketing.
1: and and i read the... somewhere that they do that um the, the thumbnails i don't know if this is true and i read somewhere that the thumbnails are tailored to the individual users I wouldn't be surprised. watch yeah. Yeah. like watch algorithm it's like a
0: screenshot or from like a certain part of the movie based yeah, exactly. on the, the algorithm yeah, like, like, the yeah I,
1: just, I just noticed like I just noticed for example um, the the moneyball thumbnail it has chris pratt on it. And he's like right. not that big of a part in that movie, but I've also streamed so much back when it was on Netflix, so much Marvel shit on, you know, on exactly. Netflix. On the, like, hey, he does Marvel
0: stuff too. <laughs> like, he's an important part to that movie, but he's a very small part to right. that it's movie. Right. It's Brad Pitt and
1: Jonah Hill. Like, yeah. like they had exactly. to
2: create that poster. It's not like there was a poster. Exactly. Of Moneyball. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't even
1: look on. like a poster. No, it looks just, like somebody yeah. grabbed a shot and just and put the Netflix is, N on it. Which is weird. Like, <laughs> I, mean,
0: I mean, think about like, you know, when you go back to the VHS. Era, right and you go to the 80s and 90s I mean think about how much money was put into Your box design. Yeah. Yeah. Your box design was what grabbed people and made them rent your movie from Blockbuster versus renting somebody else's movie. Yep. Right? Like, if you look at a movie like some of my favorite 80s movies are the Deathstalker series, right? (laughs) And if you look at it, man, you look at it. And same thing with, like, it has the same kind of art for, like, Amazons and, like, a lot of these, like, different sword and sorcery movies that came out in the 80s. But they look awesome. Like yeah. you look at this and you're like, man, this looks like this is cool, right? And you see some of the screenshots, some of the stills on the back, you're like, this looks like a cool movie And then you actually watch the movie and you're like, oh, oh oh man was I wrong Yup. but, <laughs> but <laughs> all
1: right so but like, that's to,
0: that's I mean that's what Netflix is doing and're they're, they're constantly you know kind of changing it, and
1: I like it. All right, so cool. we need to get back to the Mandalorian because yeah. I need to know what your guy's favorite episode was because there's a lot of debate about this because it's hard it's hard to pick. A favorite episode this season. Uh, there's, there's,
0: there's, there's two clear favorites for me personally, but I'll, I'll. Uh, um, s- same with me. M-
2: yeah. Mine is so. Say them both. My, it's, a, it's the one with Ahsoka. Yep. The, yeah, Jedi. the Jedi. Jedi. Yep. And yeah. then the return, the one with Luke. Yep. One I feel like those Luke. two, and for many reasons, I mean, Ahsoka is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. She. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do with her. Both of those lightsaber battles. Were better than just about everything we saw in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I really enjoy yeah. the throne room yeah. fight scene yeah, from Last Jedi. From that's Last really Jedi. well done. Yeah, but
1: besides oh, that's the best fight scene in all of Star
2: Wars. Yes. No, but besides, stupid. but besides just, that, everything there are not good wrong.
1: lightsaber <laughs> battles
0: <laughs> in the sequel
1: trilogy. I just saw
2: this dude die inside.
1: He said no. that. Yeah, I, no, I, we can't. We can't, talk watched, about the, we can't talk about the Last Jedi because I, I, Anthony's a
0: non-believer. I recently watched the sequel trilogy, and it's. Uh, again, and it's
2: still... It's two-thirds garbage. garbage. Well, here, let's talk about the sequel trilogy and the the Mandalorian. That's that's what the Mandalorian season two set up that I'm most excited about. They are going to fix the sequel trilogy in the same way that the Clone Wars (inaudible) fixed the prequel trilogy.
1: Shut the fuck (inaudible) up. You cannot fix... The sequel trilogy, okay? The Last Jedi remains and will always be the second best Star Wars movie ever made. But outside of that, that's the just, bookends of that trilogy the most are the hottest fucking garbage. The hottest fucking garbage in the entire world. And while I totally agree, one of the things that The Mandalorian did spectacularly well is made the sequel trilogy better, yeah. like it, you know, it, it put out yeah. some of the dumpster fire, yes. you know, but it's like, it's like when the when Australia was burning earlier this year, whatever the fuck it was, you it's know. It's
3: like Centralium, PA. It's forever gonna be burning, but yeah. it's not as bad right now. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so yeah, when they right.
1: talked about, like, you know, the, why um, Moff Gideon was looking for a Grogu to get his blood, you know, mm-hmm. that obviously, they didn't say oh, it man. specifically, but. We're for, gonna see more of that. Exactly. Oh, sure. absolutely. We know, and the clones that knew, are there, like yeah, you saw Rome's the
0: gonna snow. Tie into that yeah. yeah, we knew
1: right away that that whole thing is what's tying into the clones. Clones, quote unquote, yes. clones in Rise of Skywalker, or whatever, and then you actually get to see one of my favorite parts about the Mandalorian season two is that you you you're like, oh, okay, so like the Empire never really went away because when you go back and watch the yeah. Force Awakens, you're like, so the First Order is just the Empire, but still like the exact same thing, just called something different. But I thought they were gone. Correct. When you watch the Mandalorian, you're like oh, the Empire has really kind of been there the entire time. They just laid a little low for like 30 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah.
0: even even in telling the backstory for the sequel trilogy, they talk about the Battle of Jakku, right. and they set this whole thing up, and they're like, oh, it happened a year and a half after the Battle of Endor, and they're talking about this as like that was supposed to be the final definitive battle of the Empire. And what you really realize is that, no, it's not. And so that's actually something that's that's actually really cool and it's it's one of the ways that you can kind of explain away the sequel trilogy because there's one of the things that is awesome about the mandalorian that they really highlight is the lack of communication there is no internet there is no instant communication between people and i think that because of that you have a lot of telephone a lot of a lot of quote unquote like the telephone game you have a, a person telling another person telling another person a story and it's just sort of oral history and you don't really know unless you've seen it in person and there's a lot right? of cool
1: spycraft elements to that mm-hmm. which, which have always yeah. been you know like the delivering the data and the plans for the death star you know, right and, and it makes
0: it so much better that's why you have to physically go and, and meet with people and talk with them you can't just like hey can i just send like a wave like can i just you know and, and exactly like they you yeah. Just send me a message back like why can't this be encrypted? Like, there's spaceships. Why can't they have an encrypted communication system? But that the reason for that is because there is no centralized government. Right? Because once the once the Galactic Empire falls, it, which they did so well in this season of Mandalorian, explaining why two things. So explaining why it the Empire wasn't really like they are the bad guy, definitely, but there's a lot of things about the Rebel Alliance that are terrorists are not good. with yeah. yeah and they they literally call them terrorists and one of my favorite moments about the return or actually it was the episode before the return um or no 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 it was it was right in the beginning of the return they 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 literally talk about exactly what Kevin Smith was talking about in Clerks. Yeah. In that scene in Clerks, when they're talking about the construction, uh, the contractors upon Death Star 2, right? Like, they bring that up in this last episode of The Mandalorian, and it's... I mean, it's so impactful because like that's something you don't think about. It's like how many families, how many construction workers, how many people who were not military, Mm -hmm. like the first Death Star, fine. I can understand that. Right. But the second Death Star, no way. I mean, you're still in the middle of construction. You've got a lot of independent workers there and people just blow it up willy nilly because they don't want it there. You're murdering millions of people. That are going to be there on the on even on that crazy
3: even crazier question to expand upon that is not just how many people how many villains origin stories will become of that second Death Star's explosion because yeah. then you think about it there's millions of people that died that's millions of families that are then against. I our, mean it's it's as leads.
0: as devastating yeah. as as Alderaan being blown up. Oh, Oh, one hundred
3: and ten percent. It's just crazy when you realize like that sets that. One point in time. Yep. And then when you look at it through different lenses, you're like, holy shit.
0: Yeah, and I think I think more than making the sequel trilogy better, I think that, you know, obviously you've got this idea about,
2: like, legends. Somehow Palpatine returned, and now we're going to know how. <laughs>
0: which, which is just, like, I don't... I even have to say, like, I I went back and watched the the sequel trilogy again, like I mentioned, and I don't even think Last Jedi is the best movie in the sequel trilogy. I would rather watch Rise of Skywalker because it makes everything else, like, you can understand, like, oh... Wait a minute! It wasn't just like the first order is like the replacement empire. No, it was the empire, and it made it, it, it because of the emperor. And, this is why we need a video and, podcast, and Matt's face right no, now. Listen, uh, obviously, obviously, you guys <laughs> have not read. You have not read the Thrawn trilogy recently because the entire Legends story, which I will have to say, the Timothy Zahn trilogy, heir to the Empire, last or last command, and. Uh, I forget what the, the, uh, the other one was. But those three books are, like, some of the best Star Wars legends and the most popular legends. And the yeah. whole thing was the Emperor comes back. There is a clone of, of both the Emperor
2: and of, like, Luke. No. And... You're, you're, you're confounding two different things. No. There, the, the, Emperor... Em- the Emperor is not in the Timothy Zahn Heir to the Empire the series. You're thinking oh, of Dark Empire. You're thinking yeah, of Dark Empire. That's what Empire. it is. Oh, yeah, okay. in, the reason why the Thrawn series works so well is because they introduce a new villain, and he's and he does exactly what you think somebody would do as the Empire falls. Right? This is this is a high-ranking general uh, admiral,
0: which they talk about who in Episode One of the yeah, Mandalorian Who consolidates
2: so. all of the remaining forces? Right. Gives them a strategy. And fights back while the Republic is still uh, in a nascent form. Right. They talk nothing, about the power vacuum. There's nothing like that in, in, in Re- Return of Skywalker or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I, Rise I, I, of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. I, I, I'm never going to watch it again. It's the only Star Wars movie I don't own on DVD. And <laughs> that's just going
1: to be the way it is. Yeah, I'm just going to ignore everything Anthony just said and talk uh, about what my uh, favorite episodes were go for, for it. the yeah. Mandalorian season. Getting seasons, back on you know. topic. To but to going But I'm going to give a bit of a hot take, though. Uh, the Jedi chapter five. I'm sorry, sorry. Chapter thirteen, episode five, and uh, the episode immediately following, chapter fourteen, the tragedy, are my two favorite episodes. They're mm-hmm. kind of equal for me. My hot take is that I did not. Something I didn't like it. The last episode of the season was one of the ones that I liked the least. In this season,
2: interesting, because
1: obviously you have the just massive wank moment where Luke shows up, and it's like, and the whole act, every every action moment in the episode is great. It's just like awesome. And I love how he's got you know his like his little band is together by that point, you know, yeah. um, with all of all of the the alliances he's made across the first two seasons. But when you really break down what happens in that episode compared to what happened in everything leading up to it. And it's fitting that it's the last episode. Yeah. It's very just, like, formulaic, like, by the numbers, like... Here's a rescue mission. Oh, we're pinned down. We know a Deus Ex Machina moment is going to happen. And yes, not taking anything away from Luke, <laughs> it was the coolest fucking thing ever. But it was one of my least favorite episodes of the season, only because it was the first episode where I was able to like, I, I was like, okay, yep, yep, okay. Now we know we know what's happening. Now let's, let's get to like, you, like you knew yeah. he was going to rescue Grogu. Like they weren't going to fucking kill Grogu. You knew that was going to happen. Like yeah. they weren't. They were obviously we're not going to kill Din. Like you knew how it was going to end for the most part. So like, it just wasn't as shocking as the rest of it, and it was a little bit just, you know, even the dialogue, there's not like a whole lot of dialogue happening, it's mostly action, which again, not saying it's a bad episode, it's by far not, Um, but it's, for me, it's one of my less favorite episodes uh, of the season.
0: Yeah, I, I, I I love that you brought up that point. In fact, I I think that really the last episode of the season is the weakest in terms of the storytelling and in terms of the dialogue. It definitely is all about the payoff. It mm-hmm. it, it 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 sort of reminds me a little bit of um, the story's better, but a little bit of the last season of Game of Thrones. Because the whole last season is <laughs> yeah. all supposed to be payoff, right? right? Like, we've been building this story, it's getting to this place, and now we're going to finally have the payoff. That's what happened in that last episode of The Mandalorian. And it wasn't just payoff from the story that they're telling, but it's from the entire Star Wars story itself. That's the payoff that we get. My two favorite episodes from this season were, uh, I believe it's The Tragedy. That's the one that was directed by Robert Rodriguez, right? That and The is... Tragedy is the Razor Ooh. Crest getting oh, yeah. destroyed, not, yeah, yeah. not
2: him being kidnapped. Not him <laughs> being kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, it's the, he, the Razor Crest, ship.
0: right. But, I mean, just the the fact that Robert Rodriguez wasn't even supposed to direct that episode, the fact that he did direct that episode, the fact that it's literally dripping with Robert Rodriguez all over it. And now he's going to direct
2: great. and executive produce the Bubba Fed show all because of that. All because, all because of, because of that, that one
0: episode. That and and I X. could not be more excited because I think that if you're going to do a Boba Fett show it mm-hmm. needs to be grittier it needs to be a little bit dirtier it needs to be a little bit darker and Robert and is Rob- perfect. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's perfect and, for and Robert Rodriguez is perfect yeah, could, give, give be...
1: me El Mariachi that's yeah. what it is yeah, just Tatooine with, looks El Mariachi like, like, yeah. in
3: space yeah, yeah, space, space yes. Mariachi, yes, Mariachi yes. baby it's
2: exactly what I want <laughs> Tatooine looks like Mexico yep. and has an underworld yeah. That is the sh- the show yeah. is going to be Desperado but there's also a also connection
3: to this episode Yes. did you know who shot this episode Dave Klein, yes,
2: the who's worked with Kevin Smith many times, but yeah. most notably on, on clerks. clerks, yeah, yeah, which
0: is which is cool. The fact that they had that little, you know, kind of throwaway line like, yeah. "Hey, do you ever think about how many contractors died on the set?" <laughs> you know, which is great. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, despite the 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 dialogue lacking the story the, there's there's so much Deus ex machina in the last episode and um and it, like it happens both ways it happens to put them in danger like when the all of the dark troopers come back and then it happens to get them out of danger when all yeah. of a sudden Luke Skywalker however this episode the return. Right, talk about making you feel like a kid again, and really bringing back Star Wars to really giving you that that feeling of what it felt like. Like I watched this episode at eight o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I was still in bed. I was in my pajamas. I was jumping. I was your hop- Star Wars pajamas, I, right, man? I was, <laughs> dude, I was. I was like, I, I was. I was like a little kid on a Saturday yeah. morning, and I was. I like. I there is no better way. And when the X wing showed up. Like I was jumping up and down in bed, screaming, "Red five, Red five, Red five. <laughs> like like a complete Star Wars gimp, man. Like I was just I am I am a, a simp for Star Wars, and uh, my my poor fiance having to deal with me, but I mean, I mean, it was great. I mean, even though it had bad dialogue, the action was awesome. The scenes were cool. The story makes sense. You see Moff, the high IQ of Moff Gideon mm-hmm. when he fights he fights Din Djarin and knowing that if Din Djarin beats him and takes the Black Saber, well, then Bo-Katan has to take the Black Saber from him and has to fight him for it as well, right? Like, that's awesome. Like, it's something that's so cool. So, yeah, I, I would have to say The Tragedy and The Return are, are my two favorite episodes, and I I think that the return, what it demonstrates, which is different than what we'll talk about with Wonder Woman, is that you can have deus ex machina, you can have bad dialogue, you can have kind of lazy storytelling in order to kind of connect the dots. And none of it matters if the overall overarching story that you're telling
2: is both good and you're giving people that wow factor moment. I couldn't agree more. The visuals and the themes of the return are where the strength was. It showed you what the sequel trilogy should have been. Mm-hmm. You should have seen that type of Luke Skywalker. absolutely That type of lightsaber battle. Showing in his prime Luke was key. Yeah. And there's no reason why we shouldn't have been able to see Luke, even at an advanced stage, kicking ass like that. We saw him fight. Kylo ran through a force projection it was you know that was such it's something that I enjoyed at the time but yeah. after seeing yeah. what Luke could have been yeah. makes makes you love it even more and there were so many things about that episode that are tropes or things you've seen before but they did it better you know the scene in endgame where all the women magically are together, and yes. it's a very forced. Yes. Yeah, great point. It's it, it's a very forced moment. It's cool. You got the eighteen kind of thing. Whatever. It it it's it's a cool girls moment. Get you, yeah, you girl, girls get it done. Yeah,
0: girls get it done. Moment from the boys. Yeah.
2: But during the um, during the second third of the episode, where the women are the ones who are taking yeah. over this imperial ship, yeah, they are they are women that you know very well. They're kicking ass, it seems very natural, their skill set, and it's just women kicking ass, and nothing about that seems forced or fake no, no. like it, it has the same it has the same attention to like oh female empowerment, but not but you're not being hit over the head, and it's not being done in like a ham fisted way right
1: because we know these characters, yeah, we know these characters it's like the exact opposite of what DC does, and they just show you these characters and expect you to, like, no, no, like, obviously they're going to kick ass because, like, you should know who they are. But it's like, yeah, no, just because I've been reading comic books about them for my entire life doesn't mean I know who these characters on screen are, right. yeah. you know, which I think is a perfect segue because now I'm ready to talk about Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, and, and, and that's... Just that's for the fellow that, listeners out there. Just, just so you guys yeah. know,
3: before the show we were talking about it a little bit, I have not seen this movie. I didn't have any interest and It's gonna be great. I don't know how you I don't know how you managed to crush my soul about a movie that I didn't think I was even gonna watch in the first place. It's...
2: I'm gonna go a step further. I only finished the movie because of this podcast. <laughs> I watched the movie once. I, Sixteen what? minutes, twenty-two seconds in, turned it off. The moment
1: Because it's a two and a half hour long movie. <laughs> the
2: moment when when Wonder Woman was, like, holding the person and, like, looked at the camera. I was, like, done. Oh, and winked yeah. at the camera? Yeah. 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 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> blah, 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 of, <laughs> t- About four minutes later, about 20 minutes in, um, we we meet Kristen Wiig's character for the first time. And she just trips and falls because that's what DC villains do before they're superpowered.
3: Exactly.
2: <laughs> You're a nerd. I turned she, it off again. She comes in. And then the next day, I finally finished the whole movie. But I have to admit, like, I kept on stopping. And then, like... Oh, we took like six breaks, oh, and then like we I I'd get to. up and I would kind of walk around like the house. <laughs> at, at one point, like my brother was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> like I just had to like calm myself down, and I was like, I was rage texting you guys, <laughs> yeah, and, and some Wonder other Woman, friends.
1: Wonder Woman is the kind of movie that makes me wish that I was a millionaire just so that I could afford enough TVs, so that when I'm watching a movie like that, I can throw something at it and destroy the TV <laughs> and just, replace, and, the... and just, replace, just it. replace it, yeah, because that's all I wanted to do, and I was. Watching this movie. So here's. I'm going to start by saying two things about Wonder Woman 1984. First thing I will say is that
3: he bought notes, this
1: is people. Yeah. <laughs> he bought like there's, notes there's pages this is the yeah, pages of notes. The first thing I will say is that you've heard me say on this podcast several times that Batman versus Superman is the worst movie ever made. It's definitely. I have amended. Far, far I have, from. Oh shut worst. the fuck up, Mister. I hate the Last Jedi. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I have amended that statement to be. Wonder Woman 1984 (laughs) is the worst movie ever made. Yes. The second thing I will say about this movie is that there are two types of people that have an opinion on this movie. Type one are people that look at the movie and focus more on the the behind-the-scenes stuff to make sure that all of their political boxes are being checked and then ignore things like – Plot and character development and story and action and just say, no, 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 Patty Jenkins directed it and Gal Gadot starring it must be the greatest movie of all time. Then there's people like us that actually care about things like a story and plot and character development and watch this movie and sit there and go, what the actual fuck am I watching? It's like WB, we've said this before. It's like WB thinks that we're all stupid, yeah. and we only want to see, like, one thing. Which, by the way, the one thing that I think they assume we want to see, we didn't even get in this movie. But it, it's like they treat us like we're idiots. It's yeah, like, yeah no, 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 just, they
0: definitely yeah, just throw
1: it on the screen. They'll, they'll fucking love it. It's, so yeah. anyway, let's talk about all the bad that is this well, movie and let's, from and the and very beginning. And let's you, oh.
0: let's be fair, because we are actually going to go into this, and we uh, we we all enjoyed the first Wonder Woman movie. Yes. Like we, we all yes. enjoyed it. We've talked about it on the show many times. It, it It really was a very, very good movie. It was a great addition to the DCEU. And this movie, we're not just hating on it because we're we're three white men who are here and, and talking about, uh, you know, th- this movie. But we – let's talk. Like, there were so many objectively good things that could have happened in this movie that could have happened. Like, ways that they could have taken the yeah. story to be more – if they wanted to be overly PC, that they yeah. could have. They, they, there's so many things that, that would have made sense. It would have been great. And we're going to get a chance to talk about those. So, like – don't just dismiss this because, like, yeah, oh, great. Oh, they're, they're dissing people. Wonder Woman. Yeah, dissing Wonder Woman. It must sh- be misogynistic. Because yeah, I want to make no, this very clear. Absolutely
2: not. Yeah. Like, we are coming off a, a couple of years where we have seen these incredibly diverse, both behind and in front of the camera movies, that have been amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I think I think Black Panther. Yep. And Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, Crazy like, Rich like Asians. Those, was amazing. Like those are movies that were both diverse, you know, behind and in front of the camera and were amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And Wonder Woman, the original was, was pretty good. I enjoyed it. At, for uh, for a period there, it was the best DC movie I could have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree and, with you more. And and that so it's not about It's not about, you know, not liking the diversity. I I want there to be a good Wonder Woman movie. I mean, I'm most excited about The Eternals, to be honest, on the Marvel slate. You know, so I just think with Wonder Woman, it was just a bad movie. It was just a bad movie, And I like Gal Gadot. I like Chris Pine. They kind of, and
1: Pedro Pascal, they all kind of shine through. Yeah. yeah. No, so Terrible so I story. so I bring up this so before we talk about the actual movie, I, I bring up the like the the woke element of this movie because the first thing that I did as we were watching the movie on Christmas Day was I went to Rotten Tomatoes to see what people were actually saying about the movie because at the time it was still certified fresh and you know everybody was jizzing themselves over yeah. the movie so I, I went and I was like okay what you know and I knew right away I knew before even reading the the uh, the reviews that people were gonna suck this movie's dick because of things like <laughs> Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot and the whole thing. But even when you read some of those early really? reviews, yes. Dude, of if course. you if you go into yeah. Rotten Tomatoes yeah. and you read some of the higher scoring reviews, even in the reviews, you can tell that they didn't like the movie. The things they highlight as being epic or the fact that it's you know what an accomplishment and blah 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 and this that yeah, and the yeah it has nothing to do very, with like, the movie the right, story and or very anything bright else right cinematography yeah. and yeah. bright colors and blah 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 they mention nothing about like the actual performances of the actors or the story the fact that it makes no fucking sense so it's just like it's and, and then and then my other favorite thing that i'm seeing right now is that like on like the in the Twitterverse right now like the woke army is eating itself alive because there is, there's there's the group of people that are still defending this movie tooth and nail because oh, yeah. of Patty Jenkins and because of Gal Gadot and Kristen Wiig and the whole thing. And then there's the other side of the woke army that's sitting there saying, well, wait a minute, you do realize that – Wonder Woman effectively raped somebody in this movie, right? Like, and yeah. we'll talk about that. Like, you know, so and it's just seeing the dichotomy online of how people can't get on the same page about why they want to like this movie. They just know that they have to like this movie because you're supposed to like this movie, right? Because you're trying oh, to champion God, your cause. So why bad. the
2: hell does he have to inhabit somebody's body? Okay, wait. Let's get there. What All the right. fuck? no? So let's let's get what the fuck? No, so let's let's get what, there. take a piece yeah. by piece. There's so, no reason yeah. for that. We got. We got. We got to go scene by scene. Completely unnecessary. We got to go scene by scene. I do have.
3: I do have two questions for you guys that I want answered from the get go or you can answer as the podcast go. goes
0: alright go ahead Christian
3: one now you're you're not coming into this wanting to hate this movie nope. on, on the other no just the opposite the opposite like yeah. you're going into this to be excited we're we'll watching on Christmas you, Day we're yeah. looking forward to it oh yeah I, I watched now. a day of
2: yeah. I yeah. saw when I heard Wonder Woman sequel Pedro Pascal is a villain first yeah. thing yeah. I Pedro heard Pedro Pascal I was yeah. so yeah. Excited. especially I coming,
3: coming Wig, off the Mandalorian I loved it so my two questions do you consider this to be one, if not the most disappointing sequel ever made? And two, <sighs> do you see this as a bad movie, a bad comic book movie, or just both, or is it something special?
0: Yeah, it, I, I, it's is something this-
1: special because it's so bad that it's funny. Like I was laughing at how bad this movie was. It's not bad in the same way that Batman vs. Superman is bad because Batman vs. Superman, you could see that Zack Snyder is trying so hard to make a movie that cinephiles will jizz themselves over, and he fails so miserably. This movie, you can tell that they were trying to have fun with it. Like They weren't trying to take themselves too seriously, but it just doesn't work, and it's like B-level comedy bad. They
0: didn't know what they were trying to do with themselves because there's parts of the movie that are ridiculously over-the-top serious. Mm-hmm. And then there are parts of the movie that are so over the top cheesy. I thought I was watching American Pie. The yeah. best, like, I, you know, I, I, like I thought yeah. this was a National Lampoon's movie at yeah. one point, where I was just oh, like, it's worse than this that. is just like, and not like one of the yeah. good ones, like one of like like, like Mile Run or like you know, yeah, whatever, yeah, <laughs> whatever those garbage
2: National Lampoon's movies were. The, the best comparison I'll make is that. Especially the first third where they're like hitting you over the head, showing you that this is the '80s. Oh God,
3: that's the, the big thing I've heard is the, that it's so obnoxiously so, '80s. They so, do, so, they do so the well, cocaine was, do, for you in this yeah. movie, like it's that's so how
2: terrible. bad. Like, <laughs> so it's clear that somebody who was involved in this movie watched Stranger Things, where Stranger Things was like very '80s, but in a yeah. fun way, very subtle. That's what I mean. Yeah, this, it had to be this exactly. was, this was hitting you over the head with stuff. As though it was a bad nineteen eighties sitcom. And I don't mean like a family matters or a full house. No, yeah. I mean like one of the ones that got thirteen episodes and only seven of them aired and we don't even know yeah. like we don't even know anything about it. And it's like the they show. wanted to make fun it of the eighties so but bad. couldn't
1: tell if they wanted oh, to be yeah. like So alright, so from the very first opening scene of the movie, and I have to give credit to Anthony because as we're watching this movie together everything that I was screaming at the TV <laughs> at Anthony was trying to be like
0: well no maybe it'll yeah, come back like, around no, like, like, yeah, yeah, like you know, know. Like, let's give it a fair shake
1: but... so the very opening scene is like a, it's a literal 20 minute you naive like, bastard uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a literal 15 to 20 I minute tried. like Olympian scene on Themyscira it's with a the young it's, Diana it's... Prince and it's a whole thing where she's in some participating in some kind of like race or whatever the fuck it is and the whole purpose of the scene and I, and I get what they were trying to do the whole purpose was to teach a young Diana that by cheating is not the way to to succeed, which is like a message that you can stick into any movie and it'll usually work. And they tried to bring it back around at the end of the movie, and I give them credit for trying to at least inject some sort of thematic element into this movie. But wait a minute! Did not you it just say that? Miserably, didn't
3: you say that she slept with the with? The, we'll she's get to that. We'll it's, get it's to that. In the past, yeah, she's a so, kid. No, yeah. I know, but this part, but that also plays into that Steve Trevor thing because well, exactly. it's like that's oh, so fucking God. weird. Why are you cheating? But you're you're even yeah, with I, a man who's married but I it's, will say uh, what the fuck know, right? it's, it's hard to have
2: rape yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to describe rape as that because like, there's this magical thing like if if your soul is it in the body like is it rape like I, I don't know like that's so stupid but why the hell why do it that
0: way like, everything yeah, why about do it that way?
2: everything about it doesn't make any sense i mm, i, right. I want to ask this question once again why did they not have Steve Trevor just come back? As a regular yeah. person. Well, just because they've only established that the stone can make matter. The stone yeah. can make things appear. So if the stone can make things, why can't it make people? They never set up the rules. You know, like Aladdin. You get three wishes. Doop, doop, doop. Yep. All they could... I mean, she's a fucking scientist. They both are. Two of the main characters are scientists working at a museum and they have tremendous amounts of experience in antiquities. Why didn't they just come across a little book with an article about the stone saying it has
1: rules of this, this, and this. Well, it's even worse The rules worse than were that. so just thrown around. No, it's even worse.
0: know it was anything. In fact, they, they thought it was fake.
1: Well, that, that's why I'm saying it's even worse than that because she, Wonder Woman, when the guy I forget who it is that first explains to her what the the wishing stone is because he wishes Wonder for Woman, coffee. Wonder Woman just like she she just <laughs> dismisses it. She's like she's like oh a wishing stone. She's like you're an idiot. Like that that's obviously not a fucking thing. And then like an hour later she's like oh yeah no actually now that I think about it there was this god that I should remember. Because I'm a fucking god too that created this stone. He's basically like he's basically a Loki type thing. So yeah, it makes absolutely zero sense. And it's like, yeah, like how specific do they need to be with like their wishes? Like it's just and the fact that Pedro Pascal, the way he gets his powers. Again, I'm jumping ahead here. He grabs the stone and he says, "I wish I was you," and then I. I, I can't even say it out loud. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid.
0: Yeah, and, like, why didn't he... And then the stone... He should have
1: turned into a stone. Yeah, did the stone
0: <laughs> disappears. It, like, it, it does the Thanos, where it just kind of floats away. It doesn't make any sense. I
1: don't understand, also...
0: So can we go back to the beginning? No touching. Yeah, the mall scene? So, no, 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 the, the The Amazon Ninja Warrior, right? <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I was like, dude, this is a cool scene. None of it made sense. The whole spinning people... Thing, but I'm like, yeah. okay. There's a crowd. They're they're showing. It's Ninja Warrior. This is cool, right? Yeah. They're just trying to show off their skills and like, who is the best warrior? Plus, you need a, to
2: see Thematicsara. Right. Even, even though it's set in the future, and and she doesn't go back to the island. It's cool seeing the like island it. and all that yeah. business.
0: I don't understand how she cheated. And like, I like, like, wasn't she knocked off of her horse by one of the other like people that's there? Like, yeah. Even one of they like, like, is it like, like, is it? Like, is there a set course like that no, you so had th- to go around? Yeah, like, I mean, yes. yeah. So that yeah, was the yeah. idea. So remember yeah. she
1: slid through that tunnel? Yeah, she goes through the slide. Right. Which again, you're just supposed to sort of understand this, even though they make no attempt to explain yeah. it to you. It's like the an only IndyCar way race you know she, that she yeah. cheated is because. Her mother tells her that she cheated because apparently sliding through that tube was cheating.
0: But let's talk about it like an car race, right? Because if you're racing an car, right, and then for some reason you get ejected from your car, but your car continues to go around the track, right, and your car is still going, and then you get back into the car, right, and then you complete the race, you are going to – that's not cheating, because their car is still in the race. The horse,
1: that, I don't I'm, think
3: they ever considered I'm that not because an Indy that Indy I'm, I'm, sure. like, I'm like, what um, freaking Christine um, movie are you fucking talking about? The horse the rules runs of the Indy car? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 I mean. the, horse, the horse runs
0: the track and then she just gets back on the horse.
3: <laughs> oh, man. They this is actually. Cheat.
0: There's no
1: way this is, no, is a car. philosophical
2: question, right? Like,
0: in, He's
1: got a good point. In, though, indie, the horse no. kept on going, and, he, and, and he picked she up the horse and She later. meets,
0: she meets yeah. the horse when like at the other
2: side, and then she gets yeah. back on the
1: horse. But what I will say this: I will say this is
2: nitpicking. Uh, if you want to talk no, about, it really is. When it yeah. immediately went off the rails for me. So the mall it's, scene. No. So here's the thing:
0: when oh. they when they when they stopped her from winning like it was that was to me that was such I, I, you know, such the opposite of what everyone wanted to be proud about this movie for you wanted to be proud about a female director a female superhero and you want to be you women empowerment but when a young girl has the opportunity and she's going to win a contest, you're going to prevent her from winning because of your own beliefs? You're going to stand in the way and you're going to push your own oh, beliefs no. onto that hero instead of letting her have that accomplishment? That sounds a like some real
1: patriarchy talk, I don't know, ridiculous. man. That is ridiculous.
0: Like, that is ridiculous. The fact, that, the, the fact that, that she was prevented from winning the contest was
2: just But that ludicrous. could have come around. So the problem that I had immediately, in, in, no,
3: in the mall scene. I, I, was, like, mall I was, was like,
2: I was literally talking about the episode, yeah.
0: the, the, the scene, and I was like, I was like, this scene will be okay if it makes right. sense with the story. The fact that it takes a half an hour to get through, or 20 minutes, whatever, to get through, it will make sense as long as it connects to the rest of the story.
2: But then it didn't connect. And one this. scene that would never have been okay, regardless of what they did afterwards, was <laughs> the mall scene. So <laughs> we are, we are... We are butting up against now the prequel problem, which oh, is yeah. that they established in one of Anthony's favorite movies of all time, Batman versus Superman, colon, I, Dawn of way Justice. Way better than so many and other And what movies. happens <laughs> in
0: It's that a movie, terrible movie, but there yeah. are so many other terrible movies that are all right, way Clearly worse. we can't uh, anyway, reference this anyway. anymore because we <laughs> oh can't ta-
1: not talk about it. <laughs> all, right, good. Okay, all, right, all
2: right, so in that movie they established that Wonder Woman has not been active since World War I. And this right. is her. This is a movie of her saving the entire world Active. in front of everyone. She actually at one point talks to the entire world, <laughs> literally talks to the entire world. Uh, so it's and and that's not a race. So I don't know how nobody remembers her. Like literally, if somebody, if some beautiful superhero talked to me yeah. via magic, I would remember that and not moment. To,
1: and not to mention, she has no even attempt at some sort of disguise. Like at least Clark Kent yeah. has fucking glasses on. She has no disguise. Well, She, she puts wears, her hair up. She
0: wears her hair differently. And so what happens <laughs> she's is... She's got that updo, man.
2: <laughs> and what happens in That's the mall bad. scene is that they're they're cognizant in the back of their minds that, oh, she has to hide her identity. So even though she's saving a child in front of hundreds of people, there's no phone cameras. If, if she does it without being photographed, she gets away with it to a certain extent. You know, it becomes an, a legend, which is fine, an urban myth, which is apparently what Batman was in this world as well. But she jumps into the middle of the fray, takes out two guys, and then disables the
1: cameras. Yeah. Yeah. So, not to mention there are several hundred people in this mall. This is a mall she, yeah. in the '80s, not in the 21st she, century. Yeah. there are tons of people in this fucking she mall. She
2: disables these cameras yeah. with. Uh, she her uses Sierra. her crown yeah, her as, as as yeah. as a boomerang. Which, I don't she, know. She does that in the comics. I forgot but it's, She
1: does. But it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> <And laughs> stupid.
0: It's fair. It's stupid. That's, and then she destroys the cameras. That but it's, it's comic accurate. But, that, but, but <laughs> she destroys
2: the cameras. But that means that the, the next two thirds of her fight are not on camera. But the first third, where we see right. her using the magical lasso and taking out these two guys, that's on camera. Yeah. The cameras don't have the videotape in them. Yeah. They go to a central room that she doesn't destroy or, or, or interact with at all. There is clearly video evidence
1: of her being Wonder Woman. See, I'm going to give you and the th- I'm going to give you the Anthony argument here. But is there?
0: No, in fact, just the opposite. I would, <laughs> my argument is, well, yeah, they explained where that video evidence is. It's in the file that Lex Luthor was keeping. Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor was right. was keeping a file no, no, no. on all of the different superheroes, and he had a
2: file on Wonder Woman. Yeah, and in but there that were file, news crews there, yeah. talking about her. Like, why does nobody else know about it? Why isn't it a thing? No, you're totally yeah. You I mean, it's a, it's a good why, point. Yeah. Why, also, why is it why are people surprised ahead, when Superman ahead, comes around? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jumping ahead, since we're talking about the prequel problem, it's magic. Yeah. So they could have done what they do in Jumanji. That's right. Jumanji's better. At the end of Jumanji,
1: obviously. Yeah. at the end
2: of Jumanji, once they win the game, everything that had happened is now, that whole future yeah, is away. erased. Yeah. And they go back to a time and only the people directly involved in Jumanji yeah, remember. remember, yeah, right? remember Why yeah, didn't yeah. they do that with Wonder Woman? First know. off, it would have solved the problem, the prequel problem. And second of all, this is a world, at the end of this movie, where every human being knows that magic exists and more importantly that it is such a powerful force that it nearly destroyed the world. Yeah. There was there was a literal coup where Pedro Pascal was president for like 6 hours. Uh, the president of the United States. M- nuclear missiles were launched. They were launched between yeah. it, 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 and then
1: just vanished. They and then just, just vanished.
2: vanished. <laughs> a huge wall cut up India. I'm yeah. sorry, uh, Egypt? Egypt, yep. And more importantly, every human being on earth had a direct and personal uh, interaction with magic that involved people being revived from the dead.
1: And let's talk about how stupid that was for yeah. a second. Because yeah. so the one good thing that this movie did, the one thing, is again, we always talk about in the, on, on this podcast when you're watching a movie, especially in the, anything in the realm of sci-fi, it's very important to uh, to show, don't tell. And if you're gonna <sighs> tell, Agreed. tell it in a way that like you know makes sense. Like sometimes you just literally have to explain something. Like, oh, oh, the magic stone <sighs> does this, right? So the one thing that this movie did good. Was when when Pedro Pascal first got his powers from the stone, they made it very clear in a number of different scenes that in order for his wishing power to work, he had to a physically be touching the person, and b that person had to make their wish. So he had to and coerce it was like one, them. One right, wish. So he had to coerce them into saying, "I wish for whatever." Right yeah. then. That about, was really like, cool. Th- that really was the like one that. part
3: I really yeah. liked. Yeah, really. And Let it then... be known that that is the first positive thing you've said about this movie <laughs> since you guys walked in the fucking door. <laughs>
1: well, I'm, I'm going to take it all away because yeah. here's just, what happens. Yeah, hang out. <laughs> so, so just when wait. Pe- so when Maxwell Lord, Pedro Prescott, magically decides he's going to be evil, um, he goes. He just like walks into the Oval Office because he's learned about some sort of satellite technology that can, quote, air quotes, touch – Touch. Everybody in the world. And I, I shit you not, Christian. This scene, he walks into the office – in the Oval Office, says to the the president of the United States, I need a way to touch a lot of people at the same time. And the president goes, well, we've got this satellite thingy. And he goes, can I touch people with it? And you can even see the actor playing the president. Even he is going like – yeah, well, I mean, not, like, like really, but I mean, yeah, satellite waves or beams, like, yeah, whatever, okay, I, I, I guess it'll work. Cut to Pedro Pascal in some kind of underground bunker underneath, like, a fucking just zapping machine, and he's now touching, air quotes, the entire world through his magic satellite powers, and they can take and over all wishes. electronics. And like, somehow yeah. he can hear them. Somehow they're, he can hear eight the, billion people talking through the satellites back to him to they're, grant they're his they're wishes. They're
0: actually the Omac satellites. That's that's.
1: <laughs> and why?
2: And they could have created As Matt this slams slams the microphone again, into his forehead. There is magic. They could yeah. have created this ridiculous level of technology with a single wish. I mean, right? S- There's no need for the technology to exist independent of the stone. You could yeah. wish. Forth such technology, you could have these satellites and be like, "Oh, it would be really cool if we could touch people with these satellites." Yeah. Wish, yeah, w- don't you wish? Yeah, don't that, you wish that, that
1: these satellites could touch people? Right, because the magic, like Some you said, of those, some of those anything. wishes
2: too.
0: Like I felt like they were so forced. Like, don't you wish this all worked out for me? And the guy's like, I mean. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, guess, yeah, so. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Like,
1: that's not like a real yeah. wish. Like, that doesn't – why does that work? Why does that, and the that whole, work? And the whole reason he renounces – so, so the, the, the other thing they – the only thing they actually stick to plot-wise is the fact that if you renounce your wish, everything magically gets better. So Pedro Pascal obviously has to renounce his wish to fix everything. And earlier in the movie, you see his son for – they have – one scene together on screen. I'm sorry, two scenes. The first scene is them having, like, a semi-heartfelt moment. The second Humanized scene the is when screen. he's starting yeah. to turn into a bad guy, and he literally dismisses his son and kicks him out of his office. He's yeah.
0: so mad that his son is even and there, all and then of gets the sudden, upset, because yeah. his son hears him like, then, saying that. And then
1: all of a sudden, an hour later... All of a sudden, the sun is very important to him, and that's what humanizes him. Like Again, it's a trope we see in movies all the time, the love for your child, the love for something else, and it works. But it just it did not work here because we literally saw the sun on screen for four whole minutes in a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie.
0: And they really had an opportunity to tell an, a, a really good story, mixing the, the sun in with Maxwell Lord and having all of that. If, Lorenzo, y- yeah, Lorenzo. If they, Lorenzano.
1: L- oh, God. he had the real Goomba name, Lorenzano, oh, but, Lorenzano. Uh, yeah. but he was oh. also Spanish. like the bricks? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was,
0: it was, was... so bad. Did that scene so where
1: the scene where he flashed back and the kids were laughing at him because he was eating a tamale? I was like, that's kind of funny, actually. I thought, <laughs> I
0: thought the way that they were going to write in Cheetah is just completely unnecessary in this movie. Oh, she's, she's so a, useless. She's she's she is a complete drag on everything. Diana's on a and, terrible
2: friend to her. She Diana Diana is a terrible and person. Diana like, should have seen. The person her changes who changes earlier and figured it out.
0: The person who breaks most of the laws and causes most of the problems is Diana. Like, like she does all these and, problems. But here's the thing: like they could have had a really good introduction into Cheetah. They could have had a really good story that they started to do when when um, Cheetah and Diana are sitting there and they're eating together. They're having a meal, right? There's a really you know kind of like you know kind of almost like a awkward it almost felt like an awkward first date right yeah. there's there's almost like a love story there that you can put together and i was like wow that's actually an interesting take and i remember saying this as we were watching it there's it's actually an interesting take because you 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 could have like, OK, the reason that she's so hung up on on Steve Trevor is because she was in love with Steve Trevor. He was the first man that she ever knew. And then she never knew another man. And she becomes a lesbian because of it. Right. She 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 becomes gay because of it. And which makes sense for being in in Themyscira. Right. So that all makes sense. Not having any men. Right. Being attracted to women all makes sense. They could have had this really good kind of lovers quarrel when Steve Trevor comes back. Right. And that's so- what could create Cheetah and make her want to be like a villain. And it actually gives some story, some motivation behind the character for being a dick other than I wish I was just like Diana.
1: So I have an easier way to tell that story. I agree with everything you said. But they had the opportunity the, to do that, and easiest, they didn't. Here's the easiest way to tell that story without having to make it complicated with the love interest. And, like, literally any fucking first-year film student could have figured this out. The reason why the shit with, with uh, uh, Cheetah, Kristen Wiig, and, and Diana Prince doesn't work is because the first time they meet each other is the beginning of the movie. Now, all they had to do all they had to do was establish that they've known each other and been friends for at least a couple years. It's the worst and, trope it's, in movies. And, and it's literally, You immediately
2: meet somebody, yeah. and and then you have the big like, moment. Just
1: show like a fucking picture of them on her desk in her office. Just show that they know each other. Reference some, some good time they oh, had. Oh, Diana, New you're the only the one who ever talks year. to me, yeah, who, like, who
2: sees me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, just one, any, line. Like,
1: one line of dialogue to establish that they have a previous connection, and then it makes everything that Cheetah does in the movie – and her arc, it makes it work. Like that yeah. one scene it doesn't, doesn't it made make it work. good.
0: I'm I'm glad you said it makes it work. It right. doesn't <laughs> make it good, but it makes it work. and it makes
2: right. it more powerful. This is just a woman she met two days ago after apparently working with her for years. The whole if movie they,
1: takes place in like three days. If they, if, if they had been <laughs> the friends,
2: if they had been friends for a longer period of time, that turn means something. Yeah, it does. It's not just the, some gal It's not just yeah. some gal. It's your friend. Yeah. In this movie, it's that worst trope in movies where, you know, especially a lot of supernatural type movies yeah. where the main character meets this person right before the big event happens where yeah. they become evil or yeah. they get, you know, right. you know, Whatever possessed, yeah, because by something.
0: it's your first time meeting the character, so yeah. it, you know, as a as an audience member, so it's got to be the first time you meet him in the story too. And exactly. This is terrible.
1: And then speaking so. about how what a shitty friend Diana is, I just love how the moment she gets her fucking dick back in her life. Which, by the way, like, are we really supposed to believe that Diana Prince, who has been very obviously interacting with the modern world for. At minimum, let's even let's even be nice about it. Let's just say she took a break after World War I and started working her way back in sometime after World War II. We're still talking about forty years of interacting with society. She has not met a single other human being that she has felt some sort of romantic attraction to so she has to run back to Steve Trevor like a fucking high school girlfriend and abandons her friend like are you she was acting like a high school girl with a new boyfriend and And it It was so
2: dumb and it doesn't have to be romantic so we see that anything yeah we we see that she still was friends with uh, the woman from from the first movie forgive me oh yeah
0: yeah. Uh, but
2: it doesn't matter No. so we see photos of. but anyway so you're telling me that she hasn't had a single friend? Like it doesn't have to be about sex and romance. Like no, you're it just doesn't, saying, it doesn't know, have to be about love or she, anything. For right, her that. to live in a world for 40 years or, or more, potentially 70 years, and not have made other human connections, that's unbelievable. Can yeah, we talk about
1: the powers so. that she made up in this movie?
2: Oh,
0: let's do. This it. is one of my let's favorite parts. Let's start listing them out. Yeah.
1: So in the so so it's it's worth noting though that in as much as this is stupid, in the first movie, she also made up new powers at the end of the movie, the sweet lightning powers she had at the end of the movie. Like she just made up lightning powers at the end of the movie, right? Yes, which kind of worked, but in and this movie she had
0: her uh, her, in, her wristlet bag right. too, which was cool. In this movie,
1: that's well, not even well, a power though. That, but yeah. that's just an yeah.
0: extension
2: it's like like, like, book, like they've Sonic already Boom. they have they, established for years. So, how powerful they are. So she's just putting them
1: together. So in this movie, in her two fight scenes with Cheetah, she just Forgot about her lightning powers, or sort of smoke Cheetah in an instant. Um, in and fact, then, that's actually
0: the way that she does smoke Cheetah is by using electricity at the end of the movie, right
1: from a power line, which
0: right, is it's just so just stupid. What's ridiculous? Um,
1: so she, they're in a plane. Her and Steve Trevor are in a plane. Which, by the way, the setup for this is they need to fly from Washington D.C. Yeah. to the Middle East, yeah. and they go to a museum that just happens to have fully-fueled fighter jets 6, sitting in the back. miles. Yes. I've looked it so up. Just,
2: I couldn't find a fighter jet that has two seats right next to each other. Th- they don't. Doesn't they have, don't. That doesn't exist. doesn't exist. And have 6,000 miles. Exist. No, yeah, you no they say, have okay. the short-range
1: fighter jets. Now, okay, you want
2: to say the reason it's in a museum is because it's some sort of um, prototype, prototype right. that was never made. But why is it fully-fueled? 6,000. Yeah. They should have just said, I have an invisible jet. Exactly. Go on. Sorry. So, yes, she's so a jammy god.
1: So they're trying, to, they're trying to escape because, again, apparently also at this museum, there is a very large military force at the museum, which doesn't make any sense. It's probably because somebody had the foresight to say, hey, if we're going to store a bunch of fully-fueled warplanes at this museum, we should probably have some no, sort of military force to all right. guard I, them. I
2: will step in here. There is actually – so there's the Smithsonian we know, the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum that's right. on the mall. There is – a smithsonian at the airport in washington dc it's attached to the airport and it's a big hangar and that's where they have all these other things and it's not crazy to have a security force at an airport that bit's okay and and there is there touche there there is a smithsonian hangar it's i've been there so like you know you see the spirit of st louis on the mall yeah, but like they have like you know all this other stuff at another pavilion right. with we, because you can't have all of these planes on the mall.
1: You'll have to forgive me for being so brain dead by no. the time I got to this point in the movie yeah, that I didn't no, think about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: not a, the problem. Is that it's fully fueled and ready to go, and right. there's no security. It, there's enough security <laughs> to chase them on the on the landing. They have a and and key. takeoff. So they're escaping,
0: <laughs> and then
1: they, they they have a key. Yeah. Like it's and still Steve, a fighter jet, it and still Steve needs Trevor, a key. and Steve Trevor can magically pilot a fighter jet with technology that is sixty years advanced from the last time he flew a plane. So yeah. there's there's that. Unbelievable.
2: And, he yeah. just knew what these yeah. it, it World War II po- fighter pilot would have made more sense because yeah. because yeah. there was more electronics.
1: Right. Have you seen the cockpit of a World War One plane? It's like not even a cockpit. He knows all these little things yeah. Yeah. to flip. Yeah. No. Nothing.
2: World War II kind of makes sense but still is ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. He there were no switches. On his plane right. uh, in World War I. So he, and, and Chris
0: Pine, he's one of the best things about this movie. He's such a ham. He's so cheesy. He's yeah. such a ham. So then this they're movie. in the, the fighter <laughs> like,
1: He's all in on this guy. So they're in the fighter jet, and this is where the movie, I almost turned it off and, and didn't come back to it. They, I don't remember even what the line was because it was so bad. But they were trying to like escape, and Wonder Woman goes, "Wait, I saw my father do this once. It's how he hid the island of Themyscira." And, and all of a good sudden, good thing I've been she, practicing this yeah, my
0: entire life.
1: She starts moving this her hands one moment. and amasses a little ball of clear energy in her hands, and it's then a ball of invisibility. touches yeah. touches the jet, and the whole jet turns invisible. And then, as if that wasn't ridiculous enough, be, it just happens to also be the Fourth of July, and they're like. Oh, fireworks. And Steve Trevor, a pilot who should know better, flies through this excessive amount of fireworks. Yeah. And there's this ridiculous, like, 90-second scene of them, like, look at all the flashing. And they're, like, smiling in the cockpit and, like, having this little romantic moment. And it's – I wanted to strangle Why myself.
0: Not? Like So, like, it, it's, it's obvious that – Diana Prince is a very accomplished, let's say, museum curator, right? It's not impossible to believe that she's also really wealthy, right? Especially because she's a demigod, right? And she's been around yeah, for like let's
1: play the stock market.
3: Speed. Wow,
0: man, she's been in her prime for seventy-five years, a hundred years, whatever it is, right? So there's, you know, you could think that in that time she has made some money. Why not just write like? They even introduce it. She's like, oh, I'm going to show you, like, these new jets. He's like, I would love to fly one of those airplanes. Why not just have her own, her own hangar that has a jet that has advanced technology very similar to the way they do it in Marvel with just, like, stealth technology in it? Again, yeah, 1984, oh, you wouldn't have that. But it's, it's fantasy. But, you're, but, but you're you're that guessing... would have made more sense. Then and it's because not only invisible, a ball of invisibility. Is it like, it, it, it can't be picked this. up with it's radar. Machinata. wait, can it like, or can Because no. That was it, my it, question.
2: Uh, it obviously cannot no, because cannot. because she mentions radar. Yeah, she does. And, and, right. and then and then the, that's how they hide uh, the right, right, and and then, mm-hmm. and then the plane isn't followed after. But this is the biggest superhero problem of this movie. Is that all right? So she has this power to make things invisible. I guess. So we get, we get why didn't don't she you think ever that, use it that ever would have again. been helpful in or since. Injustice, yeah. like, like yeah. to fight, Doomsday, or Dark Side, to use yeah. this invisibility power? Or how
1: about her power to fly? Because now she can fucking <laughs> no, fly in this in, movie. In eighty-four, no,
2: it's it's, it's like the night. So ni- the nineteen thirty-eight version of Superman. The reason why the comic book um, described it and the way they used um, the intro for both the radio and TV show, the original version of Superman, it's leap tall buildings in a single bound. Yeah. That's it's what he couldn't fly. she's doing. He right. couldn't fly. Superman yeah. couldn't fly as we understand it today. When he was first created, he could leap tall buildings in a single bound, which which was based off of John Carter of Mars, which is that if if a human were to go to Mars, there's less gravity so they'd be able to like leap more. She can fly yeah. in this movie. No, she's, she
1: specifically says she's falling. it's just like Steve she's Trevor said she's falling
2: with style. <sighs> No, because because the thing is, how dare you bring Toy Story? She's into a leaf this? on the wind. She's a
0: leaf on the wind. Oh, okay, now you're gonna bring in Firefly. Yeah, too, so, huh? No, because what she's doing is she's jumping
2: and she's, <laughs> and, she's and, and she's on the air currents. That's what they try to set up. Oh yeah, because that's, the air
1: currents pick up your body really well without any sort of sail. She's At least used,
2: fucking storm has jumping her on, little cape thing, and, and, and they explain no, it's, that it's, right it's in the wind. Not very well explained. It's but so stupid. In the fifties, <laughs> in the fifties, in Wonder Woman comics, she was able to do this leap tall buildings with a single bound and and they just kind of built up on that now you're right the problem is she doesn't do this falling with style in the future obviously that would have been correct
1: she's busy lassoing airplanes from the ground We're, we're also talking her about her cool lasso, lasso w- works as an appendage. Yeah. What is it? The fucking power pole? It can extend <laughs> yeah. ten thousand feet no, in the it's, air? Like, and are you it's, kidding
0: me? And it's not a rope. It's it's, it's supposed to be a lasso. It, it acts as like an appendage mm-hmm. for her. Like it has a mind of its own. Like yeah. they it, were like, very. It, she they, doesn't throw it. She just kind of sticks her arm out. It's and like, it, like
2: Thor's hammer. Like they they went very Thor's hammer with it, where like I it had like all this other stuff, it, which was stupid. Yeah, it's not what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about the coffee cup she mentioned that she made invisible. Early on, so she says. The first time she did this, she made a coffee cup invisible, and then she never found it. Oh, that's out. right. That's she goes, right. She, she's like, I can't find it. That is my biggest plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait,
0: wait. Everything go, go else,
1: yeah. Everything no, else ahead. we've go talked about—that is touching people through the satellite, the invisible coffee cup. That's your biggest <laughs> so plot Matt, hole.
2: So Matt, here's what I ask you: <laughs> if you made, if you made a coffee cup, if you made a coffee cup invisible. In your kitchen.
1: Yeah. Years ago. Yeah.
2: At some point in time, the coffee cup's still there. You would step on it. You'd knock it over. You'd knock it over. Yeah. You'd be chopping up a charcuterie board, (laughs) and then you'd knock it over, and then you'd hear it break, and you'd figure it out. I know why she can't find it. There is a part of her kitchen
1: with, with, with a coffee cup that she hasn't touched in years? I know why she can't find it, because she obviously... Left that invisible coffee cup in her creepy ass Steve Trevor shrine that she has in her apartment, <laughs> which she clearly doesn't touch very often, except to wipe her come off of. No, i th-
0: I thought I, I thought she said she made it when she was like a kid, right? Like her father like showed it to her, right? So it's good to know no, that no, they, they have, they coffee, have coffee, coffee on, cups Dude, on I Themyscira. stopped
1: <laughs> I stopped listening at this point because you I I don't even remember. I thought she
0: said she was like younger when she like oh I did this when I like ma-, or maybe she just said many many years ago. Or yeah, many, she many years about, like ago. Yeah, yeah she like
1: referenced some
2: time. Also, wanna talk about what a horrible hero she is? Here's a huge mistake. <laughs> she, she, she's living at the Watergate, by the way. That's what that building is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So she didn't stop the Watergate break in? <laughs> uh, what the fuck, man? Or did yeah. she? Is she like Forrest Gump? Remember when uh, she oh. last remember when she lassoed the bullet? She lassoed a bullet. To be honest, that was kind of clever. Like that's not. <laughs> it the was not explained. clever. You stop it. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was, was
1: not clever at all. What? Like, like she lassoed. It was a almost. Bullet. A, it was almost as stupid. I thought the lassoing lightning was going to be the dumbest part of the movie because the last again just
0: and like it's fine. Like create new powers. This is a different character. Okay, fine. It's not the Wonder Woman we know. Fine. It's got new powers, see, and you apparently the-, the lasso is an appendage. It's not. A- no, but see,
3: here's my
1: mm-hmm. issue with the lassoing the lightning, like like, a cardinal rule of filmmaking, especially in sci-fi filmmaking, is that you can make the rules of your universe as batshit crazy as you want to. It's your fictional universe. However... Once you've established those rules, you have to play within those rules. Correct. And Wonder Woman 84 does not do that because (laughs) in order for her to – just ignoring the fact that it's stupid to think that you could lasso lightning even with the magic lasso of truth. In order for her to properly do that, she would need to be faster than The Flash – which she obviously is fucking not.
0: She's fast, but not that fast.
1: Obviously yeah. not. That's, the, like, whole, it, you that's can't. the whole point of
0: Superman being Exactly.
1: That fast. Like, you can't. Yeah. She, you, it doesn't work in the rule. Now, if they made her that fast, like, if they established that she had that kind of speed, I'd be like, okay, well, it's less stupid because she's at least quick enough to catch a bolt of lightning.
0: So even with the glaring—now, we're just purely talking about the story here— Let's talk about like <laughs> so in a in a two and a half hour superhero movie, you would expect it to be jam packed with action. You're gonna have action. You're gonna have big fights. This is Wonder Woman. She's she's there's there's gonna be action to it. There was like three action scenes in the entire
1: movie. I, I'm like gonna it slightly was. Slightly
2: disagree. The the, the the visuals are actually pretty good. I, the I love. Visuals. I, I, I garbage. I actually enjoy special effects were terrible. Yeah,
1: which visuals are we talking about I here? Enjoyed... Because the scene where she is running against an obvious green screen, it's like worse than that scene by North and North by Northwest where he's running from the plane. See, like... but that's
3: excusable because that's the sixties and they couldn't
1: actually do that. But that's why i no, no see it's inexcusable because this is twenty twenty and they should be able to do it yeah. and make it not obvious that it's a green screen. I enjoyed the it tank like battle
2: a... type thing on the road when, when, when they were leaving Egypt. I thought that was fine. Okay, I'll give I, you that. I, I thought it was fine
0: too. I thought there was going to be more. There was like kind of like a one line of dialogue throwaway for Black Adam. I thought there was going to be a little bit more there. I thought we would maybe see a canon deck. Maybe I
2: this th- doesn't exist in the DCEU.
1: Wait, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's because a point. so here we go. Here we go. The movie has been out for barely a week. And the yeah, DC apology already wagon already. is already working overtime because they already had an article. I can't remember if it was like either either comicbook.com or like one of the bigger sites reported it. How WB is like, well, yeah, no, like all the shit that people are saying about how it doesn't tie into Batman versus Superman is fine because it's in like a different continuity. I'm just gonna leave it at that. So,
0: just, so, they,
1: so they clearly they clearly just said we don't care.
0: I I think my prediction for where the DCEU goes from here is that this is it. This is the death knell. That's it. I think I think this one, and then you're gonna no, see
2: they don't they don't view it as no. A I'm telling you, they absolutely do. They they Hollywood they've come Reporter said, front page like, article after the success of Wonder Woman 1984, Wonder Woman three has been right. has been fast tracked. Oh,
1: he's right. right. Un- unfortunately, Ed is right. Now, because we're going to be subject well, to these because, garbage movies, and now.
0: you're and you're looking at what they're looking at is, but here's the thing, right? Like, what what they're looking at right now is how many people watched Wonder Woman on, like, how many people watched it, right? Right. And of course, a lot of people are going to watch it because if you have HBO Max, it's already there, right? And so you're just yep. going to, and there's, there's hype very around new it. Content right yeah, now. It, it was it's Christmas there Day. There was it. we were all forced it's a good to be family because you,
2: know, yeah. yep. you know you're not expecting the rape, yeah
0: um but yeah i mean
2: so like it's just it, it it's
0: what they're looking at you can tell that it is it, it's like when people talk about movies and like you always see them well the marketing tells us these numbers Oh, so, right. the marketing tells me that um yeah. uh, the marketing tells us that 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 father relationships are actually really good right now people yeah. like having a relationship with their dad so we're going to put that into a movie right yeah. and it's like people like the 80s see, people like the 80s that's Nostalgia. exactly what it feels like it, it feels like yeah. this movie was made in a committee like there yeah. was no one person it's who was like The definitive like yes or no person like there is nothing about this movie like it's it was if you ever done a group project in your life you know exactly the frustrations about it right and like if you want to have like a specific project and go in a specific direction right. The easiest, the fastest way to kill an idea is to bring it into a meeting because you're gonna have all of these different voices that are gonna be chirping in, they're gonna be they're gonna be naysaying, they're gonna be like, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. This is stupid. Oh, marketing is telling us to do this, marketing is telling us to do this, and oh, these are very positive right now. And well, we just need to punch it up. And it looks like they just they just they they didn't know what they were doing. Like they didn't know what the story was, and they just ham-fisted a bunch of different scenes. I came out with this two and a half hour mess if the movie was an hour and 45 minutes i would be nowhere near upset right? right like like venom was not a great movie but it was an hour and 40 minutes and had it was jam packed with action and suspense yeah. like this movie is a garbage movie that doesn't know is it supposed to be a love story is it supposed to be a comedy is it supposed to be an action movie is it supposed to be all three and it's none of them and, and it makes it and like so you you have to say what is the story that they're telling right what is the purpose of it right and if you go by the climax of the movie right which in any story that's what is the, that's the point of the, the story that you're telling right the climax of the movie is all about Maxwell Lord and his kid which it has nothing to do with Wonder Woman and the kid that we scene, see for three and minutes that, man, and that scene where she's sitting on against the wall I'm sorry Gal Gadot is a very good actress she, that is terrible is a terrible scene she's, she's acting terribly in that she's it's awful. Like, the whole thing, everything about it is and,
1: terrible. And remember how her obviously rubber <laughs> suit of armor was bent up against uh, the wall? Like, this armor that's supposed uh, to be some sort of mythical metal, she's leaning against the wall in it. Like, obviously, we know that it's not really metal. No. But nobody sat there and said, hey, you notice how her shoulder pad of her metal armor is just bending like it's rubber? Yeah, maybe we should fix that. No, she sat there, and they zoomed in on that scene with her bad acting for, like, a full 60 seconds, and you're just sitting there. I couldn't look away from that. I couldn't look away from how bad that it, was. It reminds
0: me of the scene from Boogie Nights. You ever see the movie Boogie Nights? Yeah, of course. Right, it's one of my favorite movies. Absolutely love this movie. The, but the scene but in,
2: with Dirk Diggler's rubber cock? That's uh, uh, well, that's –
0: go a little bit before that. So you're seeing it once it goes into the 80s, right? And you have uh Burt Reynolds character, right? And he's uh he, he's he's talking with the guy who is editing the videos, right? And in the beginning of the movie, they're like he's like like they, they're going into detail about it, right? And he's like, I want the, I want the logo to come flying off the screen. They're getting really into it, right? And then at that point he goes in at the end of the movie and he's like, Well, how's the editing coming? And he's like, It is what it is. Like that's really what it. Uh, that's that's the way it seems to me. Like somebody saw that and was just like, "Yeah, it is what it is." All right, you know so- where we don't care. Like we see we see the armor bending against the wall, but like it just that is what it is. Like it seems like people are just like it seemed like somebody didn't care. Like literally
2: doing it for a, a paycheck. They do not care. This is going to be our final word on this movie. I've thought for a long time that Zack Snyder doesn't like superheroes. He doesn't like Superman. <laughs> they fundamentally, the people making these movies do not like them. I'm going to read you a quote. That's a weird thing to say about a
0: guy who's made several different superhero movies.
2: I mean, he He's, made 300. He did, he he doesn't, did many superhero movies before He doesn't like what Superman is. He doesn't like what superheroes are. And here's a quote from Patty Jenkins that she gave in an interview about the invisible jet. They were talking about the invisible jet. And she said, yeah, but everything's dorky. Everything about all these superheroes is dorky until you make them cool. The people who make the DC movies fundamentally view the source material as something that needs to be fixed, not adapted. Mm -hmm. They do not view what they are doing as bringing things to life. They view them as properties owned by the Warner Brothers Corporation that they are being paid to make into money making movies yeah yep yep and then and it's are like,
0: they're, they're angry yeah. right it's 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 artistic people who are angry that the only things that we're seeing right now which it is true it's unfortunate right we were talking about how many different star wars like shows and movies and everything that's going to be coming yep. out how many different marvel movies and yeah. shows are going to there's there is one every single month this year yeah. There's there is a new Marvel show or movie every single month, right? And so, like, same thing with Star Trek. There's there's one every week. You're saying there's a new episode of Star Trek in a different like war, like a different timeline, a different you know area, a different place, a different ship. Like, it's all over the place. A lot of directors, a lot of actors, a lot of performers right now. A lot of people who consider themselves to be artists and rightfully so, are being forced to do movies that are that are. Are, they're being forced to do that they don't particularly think are that artistic. They don't particularly think they, – they, they think are ham-fisted and cheesy, right? And, and a lot of people don't like the superhero story because they think that it's a – a lazy way of telling the story but that's it's not the point of having a superhero story you don't they, they're writing every single movie like a quintessential superhero movie where if you look at Marvel the way that they are writing all of their movies where each different movie yes they're superhero movies but each different movie is a different thing the first Thor movie was a rom-com the Guardians of the Galaxy are are uh, comedy comedy you know space comedies um, Captain America are the very serious you know very somber you know kind of like action-packed suspenseful movies right you've got dr strange that's going to be coming out this year that's a horror movie right so the thing is is that that what dc doesn't realize is that you're not you're not you you're, you're not just doing movies you can be artistic you can be creative you can you can really have that artistic expression through these stories that you tell but that's the way it has to come through the story it can't just come through the visuals and stuff like that
1: yeah and that's the big you hit the nail on the head with the Marvel DC thing and that's the biggest issue is that we said this before a thousand times the majority of DC movies have some sort of world ending problem where the majority of Marvel movies outside of the Avengers movies do not the only one that I can really think of right now that has a serious world ending problem and it's probably the worst Marvel movie is Thor the Dark World. And look at and look and look what Marvel did. Marvel looked at saw what happened in Thor the Dark World, saw that it clearly did not work in comparison to the other movies and did a completely different thing with Thor 3, never went back to a really world-ending storyline outside of the big team-up movies. And right. that's the right yep. way to do it. So,
0: 100%. And, and even they even talk about it. The other thing that's the right way to do it is to not make it like, okay, if there are these world-ending disasters that people don't... Recognize them. Right. Civil War is one of the most important movies in the Marvel franchise because of that very fact. Because they're giving you the understanding that people have been affected by all of these different... You know, kind of like world-ending villains and and all of these different disasters. You know that you know that it, it, it shows that that it means right. something that the right. stories that they have told to this point have meant something.
1: So I'm I'm going to end on one last positive note. I said one positive thing about this movie. I'm going to say one more positive thing.
2: Hard disagree.
1: I like the fact that they actually made her costume brighter. It didn't look like it yeah. had been shit yeah. on and, and dragged through the dirt like it did in Batman vs Superman, which they just adopted for Wonder Woman. One obviously, same same exact design for the most part, but they just brightened up the colors a little bit, which I appreciated. I uh,
0: see. I don't because in where she is in Batman versus Superman right she's wearing that Wonder Woman outfit but continuity There's... issues
1: aside continuity issues aside I totally no you're totally right I mean
0: you even said it before once you set the rules yeah. for the universe you follow the rules so no, look like, I
2: don't she paints the costume from time to time she wants to stay current in the eighties, it's a bright color. Even though she's never time, gonna use the costume because she, right,
0: she abandoned the society. The <laughs> remember she... when she said she abandoned the uh, Society so, of Men? So if oh, you can take
1: it. anything away from this Pedro, podcast Pedro, is that...
0: Pedro Pascal as a cheesy eighties villain is delicious. Yeah, Pedro yeah, too, Pascal he's given. hilarious. He's yeah. it's if you don't take and him seriously it. as like a villain, because he's not a serious villain, he is just a ham and it's great. And he is the only good part about the movie.
1: So, so here's what I'll say. This podcast was good. But it could be better. Oh, but it could be better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you guys as always for listening. Uh, Go follow our shit. We got some more stuff coming, cool stuff coming your way in the form of video, podcasting, YouTube channels. Um, We'll finally make some merch now that we have the network going. Yeah, Uh, we're very excited about everything. Make sure you check out this podcast, all the other podcasts that we have on the network, Um, and uh, you know we'll see you soon. Oh wait, I almost forgot. And as always.
0: Stay tuned, true reviewers. <laughs>
3: I knew there was a sign on the <laughs> <laughs>